The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to even listen to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As many of you know, I uh, grew up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And Rhinelander, Wisconsin is known for many things. One of those is its town mascot, the Hodag. And the Hodag, I think, is the best mascot that you can have. Uh, it's, it's original, so there's not anybody else who has it. And uh, it's a ferocious creature. So it's really, it's a good sports mascot, especially, you know, especially in competitive sports. The unfortunate thing is that even though that we had this great mascot, the Hodeg, uh, Rhinelander, not exactly known for the best sports. Uh, and so I think, my, I think it was my junior year that uh, we only had one team that had a winning record. So even though that we had this great mascot, not exactly the best sports. And where this kind of played out especially is in team sports. I was a football played, or I was a wrestler and a football player, and I always thought in football we had 10 really good players, but you need 11. <laughs> and we always had just that one where there was a chink in the, you know, a chink in the chain, and just we, we'd always get dominated. We, we didn't have a very good football team in wins or losses, even though we had some really good individual people, we couldn't quite get 11. Now, for wrestling, that's a little bit different. Even though that wrestling does have a team aspect, you could very much just focus on yourself, and that's what I was able to do. I knew that our team was going to lose, but I knew that I had a shot, right? I could win or lose depending on how much I worked and what I did. And so there's a lot more kind of an individual mentality in that sport, whereas football, you got to do with, and if, you know, do with other people, and it doesn't matter how good you are if your team isn't as good. In the Navy, uh, when I went out to the went out and, and started basic training as a plebe summer, one of the things that they really drilled into us is you know there's very much kind of a, a you know individual aspect to American culture and just uh, American excellence or individual high school excellence as well. That's how we all got there. We were individually good, but when we got there, they had to train us to realize that even though you're really good, it doesn't matter. You're only, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link. And for ourselves, how that worked out is there's 40 of us in a company, and we could have 39 people, every single one of us do everything perfect. But if there was one guy 
who forgot to lock his locker or didn't make his bread properly and his roommates didn't check on him or they didn't know the answer to the professional knowledge that they should have, it didn't matter that it was a different guy. All of us got punished. It was all of our trouble. And initially, we were very confused by this. Like, well, he didn't like it, lock his lockers, so he should get in trouble. Why are we being punished for his mistake, right? It doesn't matter. It's not me. I didn't make that mistake. And it was kind of drilled into us. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And it's especially true in the Navy as you're on a ship together, right? And if something goes wrong, if there's a hole in the ship, it doesn't matter whether you caused it or not. <laughs> you better fix it, right? You better take care of that problem. And so it forced us very much to, instead of having the mentality of, you do you, right? You do whatever you want. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and you do what you do. It very much cuts off that mentality, and instead makes us realize that we are our brother's keeper. We are responsible for those around us. Now, we can't do everything for the other person. Uh, we, with the one guy who kept on forgetting to lock his locker, we had his roommates. We made sure that his roommates checked his locker every single time. And on occasion, we had to lock it for him. But eventually, we wanted him to learn as well and become a stronger link. We didn't want to just do everything for them, right? We can't do everything for the other person, but we ultimately want that person, that link, to become stronger. But they also have free will, which is why, even though that we're links in the chain and we, we try, uh, you know, we need and we have an obligation to those around us to strengthen the chain because we as a church community are in this together. We're not individuals just trying to get to God. It's not just our relationship with God, although we do have an individual relationship with God. We also are in a boat together. We're in the church together. And we are a link in the chain, right? You think about the chain that got you to where you are today. All of your ancestors who practiced the faith. How did you come to where you are today? Who came before you and gave you the faith or, or strengthened you as a chain in this link? Now, a lot of the time, we want to pass it on, right? We want to strengthen other chains, but we realize that there's free will. So what do we have to do? Well, we have an obligation to try to strengthen those chains or those links around us on the chain. As the first reading talks about, he says to the prophet, I have appointed you to the house of Israel. If you hear anything, you need to warn them for me. And then he gives this kind of explanation. He says, if, you, if I tell you to warn them and you don't warn them, and they, the wicked continue to be wicked, well, guess what? That's on you, right? I've appointed you. You're a prophet. And all of us are prophets. In our baptism, we're baptized a priest, prophet, and a king. And so we are all prophets. We're all appointed to tell the world about God, to help people turn to God. And if we, and if we don't do it, well, then those who don't turn to God, it's on us. That chain is broken. But if we do do, if we do tell them, if we do try to help them, if we do try to succeed in what ways that we can, 
and yet they refuse to turn away from their ways, if they refuse to turn towards God, well then, as, as the scripture says, he will surely die for his guilt, but you shall save yourself. And so we have an obligation, in a way, to be able to do what we can. And in the Navy, this played out in a similar way that we tried to help certain people, but there were a few people who wouldn't accept our help, wouldn't change, and a lot of them left the Navy. They got kicked out, right? And then we stopped getting punished for them, which was actually kind of a nice thing. Uh, But it is not exactly what we want, right? We want them to be able to be in the Navy. We want them to be able to continue to succeed. But if they're not willing to, well, they might have to leave. And and we've done what we can. But it's responsible for us to be able to do what we can. And this is important for us to realize as Christians because ultimately Christianity isn't about just avoiding hurting other people. About, I'll take care of myself, you take care of yourself, and as long as we're in different things, as long as I don't hurt you, that, that's, that's a nice thing, right? But, but no, we actually hear that the, the law, um, in the second reading, St. Paul talks about it to the Romans, right? That the commandments are, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, which is probably, you know, kind of the one that we think of most often, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, it, uh, whatever other commandments. And we often say, well, yeah, I fulfilled the law, right? I didn't kill anybody. I didn't hurt anybody, so I'm good. But we realize that as Christians, we're not called to do that bare minimum of just not hurting people, just not killing people. But we're actually obligated to do the highest, to fulfill the law, which is love of neighbor, right? And so when you think about that love, when we think about our parents' love, how did our parents love? And now a lot of the times we didn't realize, right, what kind of love they have for us, right? We didn't exactly understand what kind of sacrifices. But we didn't exactly identify our parents' love as saying, well, they didn't poison me today, right? They must love me. No, that's not love. The avoidance of evil isn't love. Doing good for the other person. In fact, one of the greatest loves that you can see whether friends are good friends is whether they're able to correct each other. We're able to, whether they're able to authentically help each other. You look at the close friends that you have. The closest friends are those who you can ask for help. Those who you can offer help to. Right? People that you don't know, it's difficult to ask help for. But those who you know, who you know, love, who have a relationship, are able to go deeper in that way. And that's the type of love that we as a Christian community are called to. Now, the one extreme is, of course, YOLO, like, or no, that's a different one. Sorry, you do you, I'll do me, right? Kind of expression. You do you, I'll do me. Doesn't matter what you do, you know, it's just, we're just separate. The other end of the extreme, which we probably try to avoid at certain times, is like that really noisy, no, nosy person who tries to get in everybody's business, right? We're like, we don't want to be that, so then we go to the other extreme. Well, no, there should be a happy medium of somebody who's involved with people's lives, but in a loving way, right? Who helps, who's not nosy, who's not trying to get involved in everybody's business, but is instead trying to authentically be there. And we know the difference. It's a difficult difference, but but we know it when we see it. If somebody who you know in your life is authentically involved, relational with you, cares about you, and and in that way, and that's that's difficult to get. For myself, uh, it, 
this type of distinction between what the fulfillment of the law is partly what drew me to ultimately becoming a priest and as I continue to move forward. The easy road is the you-do-you road, right? I'll just take care of myself. I'll just be a wrestler. I don't care how the rest of the wrestling team does because I'm going to just take care of myself, right? It's kind of a narrow way. It's the easy road, actually. The much harder road is to realize that we're all part of the same team. We're all links on a chain, and we need to not only take care of myself and love myself, but also love my neighbor as I love myself, that I have an obligation to other people. And that's partly what drew me towards the priesthood. It'd be much easier if I didn't lay this obligation upon myself, right? Jesus actually has much harsher words for the Pharisees and scribes because they're teachers, because they're supposed to know more. And it would have been much easier for me to just avoid knowing more, right? Avoid having to help people, be involved in their life. But as a Christian, I'm called to. I'm called to love other people. And so that's partly, you know, the easier road would have been to not. But Christianity isn't about taking the easiest road. It's about taking the path of love, which is often the hard road. As you know, I'll be going off to the Navy soon. And a lot of people, in a lot of ways, the Navy is an adventure. It's exciting. It's, it's uh, you know, kind of what I've been planning to do. But don't be mistaken that it's the path uh, or that um, it's going to be easy or it's exactly what I want to do. Um, I grew up in northern Wisconsin. I've in so much enjoyed the last three years being in northern Wisconsin. I've, gotten, I've been very blessed to travel a lot of the world. And out of all the places that I've been, I love northern Wisconsin the most. I love the seasons. I love the people. I love the environment. All of it. I would much prefer to stay here than go to a big city or a big Navy base. Much prefer it. But that's not what God's calling me to. I would much prefer to not have to, I'm, I'm kind of already rooted into this diocese and I understand how it operates. I hate the Navy bureaucracy. I hate the Navy paperwork. Getting back into the Navy was so frustrating because there was always one more piece of paperwork. I would much prefer to not have to deal with that. But I have to deal with it if I'm going to love those people that God is calling me to. And so as I leave, I hope that it's not an example of just me doing me, but it's instead a generosity of this diocese, a generosity of this parish, and also an, uh, of something that is of love, something that is motivated by love to serve those service members who serve and protect our country. And so for yourselves, what I ask you Uh, to also kind of think about, especially in this Mass, is to think about what kind of links in the chain, you know, what kind of links in the chain are around us. Now, we're part of a chain, and all those links around us are part of the chain, right? And so I'm not asking you to find somebody uh, who you don't know. I'm just asking you to pray for those people right around you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, And to be able to pray for them and to be able to say, what kind of ways, God, are you calling me to love them? And of course, the way that we start loving them is by starting to pray for them. That's one of the the first aspects that should always guide our our love for them. 
is to start first by praying for them and to be able to say, God, are you calling me to say something, do something, get more involved in their life, to help them? Are you calling me to help them in some ways? How? Right? If you are, in what way? Because a lot of times we don't know. Maybe it's asking them for some help. Maybe it's inviting them over to your house. Maybe it's just getting to know them, actually getting to know their names because you've seen them so many times and you haven't. What kind of ways are you called to love those around you? To be able to lay down your life and not just say, I'm going to do my own thing, you can do your own thing, but to be able to say, we're all connected in this together. We're connected in this community, we're connected in this church, we're connected in this life and in this family. What kind of ways are you called to in that? I invite you to, to meditate on that, to, to pray on that. What kind of people call to, come to mind as I speak about that? And to be able to be motivated not to try to fix it yourself, not to say, what is going to make me feel best about this, right? But as instead, what is God calling me to? We are called to not fulfill the bare minimum. (laughs) We are called as Christians to be priests, prophets, and kings, to help those around us, to be a link in the chain, and to continue to pass on the great love that God has for us. If we're here, I hope that you know that God loves you. And the greatest gift that the world has ever seen is Jesus Christ himself, who sacrificed and showed what the greatest love is. We have an obligation to share that great message with all those around us, that God is so good, that he loves you and he has a plan for you. There are so many people who are lost today because they don't know who God is. They don't know that there's a God. And they don't know his love and his plan for them. We are here as prophets to share that message that God has for us. And so may we do that. May we transform this community and allow God to be present and to strengthen all the chains around us, or all the links in the chain around us.